This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by the MarTech Podcast, hosted by my friend Ben Shapiro, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, with episodes you can listen to in under 30 minutes. The MarTech Podcast shares stories from world-class marketers who use technology to generate growth and achieve business and career success. Recent episode, one of my favorite extending the lifetime value of your customer. You know, I love to talk about that. Listen to the MarTech podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Chance. My guest today is Ivan Estrada. He's a business leader and real estate broker with extensive experience in the industries of real estate and finance. He's a sought-after public speaker on topics of branding and marketing, personal development, and real estate. He's also the author of a new book called Brand with Purpose. Find your passion, stay true to your story, and accelerate your career. So, Ivan, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Thank you so much for having me. Let's just get this out of the way right off the bat. The category, the book category of personal brand is become a crowded <laughs> space. It, it's certainly it has, a very it hot topic. And you you touch on some themes that I think are very common. We'll get into a little bit. So I guess I want to give you the chance to say, but here's the new stuff I'm bringing to it. Obviously, you you even in the subtitle, stay true to your story. Story is a huge part of personal brand. Maybe let's start there. What what do you hope to accomplish or or bring new to the topic? Absolutely, yeah. Regarding with branding and marketing, as I was writing this book, there's a ton of books out there that give you the advice of this is what you need to do, this is what you need to post, this is what your marketing needs to look like. Mine is more about going inward and doing a lot of personal development work. I realized that for me personally and for a lot of colleagues of mine is that in order to show up as an authentic brand, if you own your own company or you're working under another company, is getting over a lot of the shame. There's, there was a lot of shame that I was holding on to for many years. And as I was showing up and building my company, I wasn't really building my company authentically. And so what I had to do was... I did a lot of personal development work of going inward and figuring out why am I ashamed of X? Why am I ashamed of Y? How do I overcome those obstacles so that that way, how I brand myself is who I truly am and not what the environment or my family or my friends or society is telling me I need to be like. That sounds uh, painful, actually. I you know mean, what? It, or, or, or if, at the very easy. least, hard. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not <laughs> easy. I will tell you that, but I promise you that the results that you get, honestly, it's when you're when you're really branding yourself authentically. It it's easy, right? There's yes, there's all these things that you can learn about during podcasts or trainings, and these are the colors that are working, and this yeah. is the the TikToks and the digital media reels and all the other stuff that works, but. In order for all of that to really make sense and to resonate with your audience, you really need to know who are you? Like, who yeah. are you and who are you trying to connect with? So that way there is a clear connection between you and your audience. Because if not, then you tend to just do whatever is being told either by your, your, your chief marketing officer or your coach is telling you to do. And if it's not sticking, it's because it's not who you really are. Speaking of the topic of story, are there any are there any kind of core stories from your upbringing, your family, your culture that that I that, that you lean on to to tell to to help people get your why? 
Oh, absolutely. As a kid, I, I grew up in Rock, California. My dad was a janitor, still is. My mom was a seamstress. And growing up, I, I realized that we didn't have much. But what we did have was I was a great salesman. I knew that as a kid because I got away with a lot of things as a child. <laughs> and my sister was a great artist. She knew how to draw. And I remember one day I thought, okay, if we want to go to college, we're going to have to start saving up now. And, and I had my sister start drawing the neighbor's homes. She would draw them out and I would go up to their door. I would knock and I would say, hi, my name is Ivan. This is my sister, Vianette. We are saving for college and we are wondering if you would like to buy this house that we, this picture that we drew of your house. And so that was the story that people could emotionally connect with. And absolutely, if we were selling them for like $2 a piece, a dollar or $2 a piece. And every single homeowner bought our $2 drawing. And I thought, wow, they connected with our story. They're connected with our cause. It's not really about the product. It's about the story behind it. Yeah. And for me, that resonated with everything that I did along the way as a young adult, because even in school. Like, John, I was a hustler. I used to sell Power Ranger cards, <laughs> Pogs, candies, you name it. I, I, and not just myself, I actually recruited students in the playground that hung out with different people in the playground. It was like I was expanding my team and my brand. And I would hire them and they would get either paid through candy or whatever the product was, or I would pay them. As a kid, I was like eight, nine years old. I'm surprised I didn't get in trouble. But that's kind of like... I just knew that there was a story to it. We had needed to attach a story to anything that we were doing that people could connect with. And it worked. So, so here's what I really need to know. You gave your sister 50 cents. You kept a dollar 50, right? I probably, yeah. She was three <laughs> years younger. She she was fine with a quarter, actually. But but I, I I probably did give her 50 cents. Actually, you know what? I was a really good brother. We shared everything 50-50. We All had right. these two little piggy banks and we would put it in the piggy bank. So I... I was a pretty fair brother, I think. So another thing that obviously people, common advice in in personal branding work is this idea that you have to stand out. You have to be different. But again, I find that that's where people, people getting that and realizing, oh, I need to be this or I need to do that or I need to have this color hair really is, is it can be a way to stand out. It can also be a really easy way to be inauthentic. How do you marry those two things of the need to stand out, but then not just for standout sake. Right. That's a good question. So this is actually an exercise that's in the book that I thought was very good for personal branding and to figure out what your strengths are and what are the things that you want to highlight was I would draw out a timeline and I'd go back as far as I can remember. And at the top of the line, I would put some very pivotal moments of my career. Like for me, I was in the music industry. Okay. Like the, the moment I was signed to the record company, boom. Um, when I graduated from USC from the Leventhal School of Accounting, boom. When I got my CPA license, boom. Like all these different things that for me were like milestones and, and, and huge accomplishments. And so those were the things that for me that I attached to my personal brand. I know friends of mine who are in, in, in the real estate business, a lot of them have a huge connection to horses. They rode horses as kids. They ride horses now. That's part of their brand. A lot of people, there's another guy here at my office who loves cooking. And so cooking, he's been a, he's, he actually had a rest, two restaurants actually. And so he attaches that part of the, the cooking part to his real estate business. And so I think you need to find things that are, that are, that are 
unique to you and not that are unique to other people because yeah. if you're trying to copy other people it's like those are not your gifts like think about the gifts that you've gotten through time that you can be really proud about and how can i embed that into my brand into my narrative into my story so that i can connect with other people who resonate with my cause or my story or my narrative yeah, and the, <clears throat> the beauty of that example you used as a cooking thing is is not only is that, hey, that's different, but it also uh, is an opportunity for people who share that to connect too, isn't it? Exactly. We do business with people that we like. In all honesty, it's, yep. it's true. Like with all, anytime I pass out a referral for a vendor, they might not be the best vendor, but they're a vendor that I connect with that I know if my client worked with me because of my personality or my brand, that they're also going to like this vendor because we're very similar. And, and I think that, that that's always the best way to, to assure yourself as much as possible that you're going to have a successful, a successful referral or relationship with someone that you pass your business on to because you like them, because you like how they run their business. You, run, you, you like how they run their marketing, and they're very similar to you. This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Send in Blue, an all-in-one digital marketing platform empowering small businesses to build stronger customer relationships through end-to-end digital marketing campaigns. They support businesses successfully navigating their digital presence in order to strengthen their customer relationships. Send in Blue allows you to create captivating and personalized email campaigns, custom landing pages, sign-up forms, automated workflows, transactional messaging, CRM, and more. And best of all, Duct Tape Marketing listeners can click on sendinblue.com slash marketing to sign up for a free trial. And if you use the promo code on that page, Duct Tape, you'll get 50% off for your first three months, either on a light or premium account. Let's talk about tools. What are some of your favorite tools for for telling and sharing the story? Obviously, we've been focusing on developing the story. How do you how do you get it out there? Obviously, I think one of the challenges right now is there are a lot of ways. And how do you how do you get some momentum in one or two or three? And I'd love to hear kind of your your approach when people ask that question because I'm sure you get asked that all the time. So a great way to make sure that you can broadcast your story as much as possible is through video. I started using video 13 years ago uh, when some of my colleagues were saying, what are you doing? You're wasting time. That doesn't work. Just stick to what you know and what works. Video, there's so many different platforms. Obviously, we have YouTube for longer, kind of long medium. We have obviously like TikTok and Instagram reels that are vertical video, shorter and to the point. You can also attach video to Instagram as on on your actual wall or on your stories or on Facebook. I would really try to focus on, for example, in my business, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube has been a huge hit. So we repurpose what we do in video on all of those three platforms. Now, the important thing is, as the brand, I encourage you to be able to have as much FaceTime and and talking points on your videos because I still know a lot of people who are not doing video. They're afraid. They're afraid of how they sound. They're afraid of how they look. They think they're going to do it wrong. That's why other than the book Brand With Purpose, I have my course Brand With Video. And this course, module per module, we start breaking down your fears. We start building your brand pillars. We start putting content together. Um, and especially with with all these different mediums, it's figuring out, okay, 
I have an idea, like how do I execute it and how do I make sure that I'm not wasting my time, wasting my money? And obviously this answer, I can go for hours talking about this, but just video, literally just grabbing your phone, going on a live and doing it on your Instagram or on your Facebook, because that helps you with your algorithm and just putting yourself out there, right? I think it goes down to that point of being vulnerable and knowing who you are, because I've noticed people who I've coached and friends of mine who have really done the work that when they start shooting video, they're a different person. They're, they really show up and it's not just this very shy and and this this person that doesn't really seem like they know what they're talking about because that's also you don't want to seem like that on camera either. You want to make sure that people see the confidence and the poise and the command that you have in your type of business. You just teed this one up, but I'm sure somebody is when you've given that the exact same answer, somebody said, well, that's great, Evan, but video is just not for me. What <laughs> what would you tell that person? And and I think there are a lot of people that just don't want to be on camera. Right. I first I would ask why, because yeah. I, I think I would want to really know the answer of, okay, video is not for you. Like, I'd love to know why have you tried it? Is it something that just makes you feel uncomfortable? Is there certain things that maybe I can push you a little bit? Because I'm telling you from experience, some of yeah. my team members, that's been the answer. I, I just don't feel comfortable. Yeah. And obviously anything new is going to be uncomfortable. I just had to throw myself in an ice bucket for 15 minutes two weeks ago. I didn't want to, but it was uncomfortable. I needed to push myself. Once I did it, I thought, wait, it wasn't that bad. I can do it again. And once I started seeing the health results that I was getting from it, I noticed, wow, this ice bath actually works. I want more of it. So first is finding out why. If there's a valid reason why they don't want to do video, there's so many other mediums. You could use your voice. There's, there's, uh, I'm trying to think of that, that new app. It'll hit me. But so there's blogs. You can write blogs. We do that as well. And you can do that. Or if you feel comfortable with your voice, there's actually animated videos where you can use your voice and still connect with your clients. And it's using animation to take over that, that face on face contact. But the other, there's, um, there's just other ways, but I honestly feel that video is the way of the future. Like people want to connect with people and it's, it's, it's getting harder to say, I don't feel comfortable with that when everyone else is jumping on the bandwagon of all ages. And most importantly, like I'm a, still considered a millennial. I'm on the, I'm on the cusp, but anytime I look for a new vendor, doctor, chiropractor, whatever it is, I look for videos. And if I can't find a video, then I keep looking because I want to make sure that I can at least get a sense of who that professional is that I'm about to hire to see if it's going to be a match. And, and from obviously I'm a fan, but I, I knew that you get you, people probably ask you that question, but just from a trust standpoint, and it's just a great way to make a connection. I'll tell you another thing that gets people over the hump for me sometimes is when you talk about all the record five minutes of video and 15 assets that you can turn that into. It can be a blog post. It can be an audio. You can cut it up exactly. into pieces. And so all of a sudden then it's like, oh, Actually, that would be the easiest thing now. Yeah, you can repurpose it in so many yeah. different ways. Yeah. yeah. So you are essentially, I think, real estate, has, there's a lot of design element of real estate or a lot of graphics in real estate. And people are essentially looking at pictures to make decisions in a lot of cases about things. So what role do you think design, well, graphic design sort of supports or elevates a personal brand? You got to have your colors. I, I 
for me, it's always been like the blues and the whites and, and the colors that resonate with me. I think the reason I like the colors that I like are through childhood. My room was blue. My clothes were blue. My dad's car was blue. It was <laughs> it brings me that emotional connection with the blue color because it reminds me of home. Yeah. And it's funny because my sister, her room was green. She loved green. And for her marketing agency, everything's green, right? There's a sense of 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 emotional connection to that color. And so I think depending on which company or what kind of, I guess, industry you're in, obviously design, like for real estate, for example, I know a lot of real estate because I've been doing it for 13 years. It's always about trying to not steer away from the actual product, which is the home. Like we use design to amplify the photography and amplify the video. Right but not take away from it. And so I think regardless of industry, obviously graphics, colors, all of that, your personal branding is incredibly important, but knowing that it's not going to be taking away from the actual product that you're trying to sell. Because I've heard this many and many times before, nobody cares about your logo, right? Like right. I care about it because yeah. it's my name, but like, Nobody really cares. Like you can put it on everything. That's fine. But it's the actual product that you're delivering that is going to make your client's life better. Like why are they buying your product or service? The logo is just part of your personal branding. That's great. Keep consistency so that they remember. But at the end of the day, it's about what you're selling and why. So we've talked a little a little bit about some of the social tools and the fact online, how you can build audience and whatnot, but you know, still for a lot of businesses, whether this is building their personal brand or just building the business itself, net networking the last 18 months, <laughs> notwithstanding networking uh, is still a tremendous, powerful way to grow a business. You, 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 spend some time on that. So how, how do you relate networking done right <laughs> with building a personal brand? That's huge. That's a great question. Uh, I learned the importance of networking at USC, which was the university that I attended for undergrad. Mm -hmm. And this was before Facebook, Instagram, all these other, like I would say, digital platforms existed. So I learned the, the only way that I knew how was you go to events, you take cards, right. and you try to be as intentional as possible. So I would make a list of at least, I would do research first. Can I figure out who's attending this event? Okay, great. I have that list. Who are the five to seven people that I want to meet in that two to three hour period? Because it's not about qu the quantity of people I get to meet. It's the quality. It's the right. people that I know that there's going to be some synergy between um, them and I. Yeah. And so then I would pick out the five to seven people and I would intentionally go up to those people and talk to them and try to connect with them. And it, and I, I would always hear this from one of my professors saying, God gave you two ears and one mouth. So you got to make sure that you listen first before you spend your time talking about what you do. Try to make make some some a good point of listening to them, what their business is all about. And then also, most importantly, which actually this came up in conversation today, is get to know what's behind the business card. Like, who are they? Where were they raised? Do they have mm -hmm. any kids? Like, what is their favorite holiday, favorite vacation? Is there something that you can connect with other than just business. And then after, that's where the real work starts. So you just made a connection. And then after that, you need to put a plan together of, okay, what's our next talking? What's our next next meeting point? Are we going to try to do a coffee? 
Are we then going to do a lunch? Am I going to invite them to a ball game? Am I going to invite them to a client appreciation party so that they can see how I treat my clients? Or am I going to invite them to one of my networking organizations and try to build? It's the follow-up, right? The keys in the follow-up of not just meeting them, getting their information, but really building a a long-term relationship, which I know as a business owner, the longer you're in your business, the more people you meet, the harder it gets. So it's about really just building those relationships, sustaining those relationships, and then adding value as much as you possibly can to those people, either through direct referrals or, or either resources, information, or referrals to other people who can possibly refer them business. So it's, it's about like building this, this web of people who see you as a connector and not just about, especially with networking, I'm sure a lot of you can relate is you get that person just passing all those cards everywhere as much as they possibly can. It looks like they're just throwing them up, up, up in the air and hoping that people will pick them off the floor. But it's, it's about like really building that personal connection and, and seeing where it goes. Because again, back to we do with business people that we like and it's in order to figure out if we like someone, we got to spend some time with them. We have to go out and, and before we send them business, really get to know who are they as people. So we started with the why. We started with purpose. For, for many people, their their purpose is at least communicated or extended by some sort of community involvement, some sort of social impact that they're making. What 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 role really do you feel that that plays in the personal brand too? To be able to act, tell the story about the impact that you want to make or the impact that you believe is important. Oh, that's huge. That's huge. Especially nowadays, I feel like the world has become this very wobbly place. And (laughs) in order to give back, we really need to figure out for ourselves, okay, our purpose is like, like, for example, give my example, like my, I was, I've been doing really well in real estate. And I got to the point where I just thought, man, like, is this it? Like, this is great. I'm making a great income. And I love what I do. But I don't want my tombstone to say he was the best realtor in town. Like that's not what I want it to say. I want it, I want it to get a little bit more deeper. I want mm-hmm. to to leave a legacy behind. And obviously this is why this book came into play of of writing this book for the younger generation of leaders, but also trying to get it to as many kids as possible. Um, last week I, I spoke in front of 650 kids in South Central, um, inspiring them about education and, and fighting for their dreams and allowing them to know that everything and anything is possible as long as they work hard. And so adding that philanthropic component, I, I have to say I wasn't seeking it. It, it sought me. Like mm-hmm. it was something that kind of just jumped in front of me. And I thought, wow, like I really connect with this. And I think oh, there's so many other companies like Tom's who you, know, you buy a pair of shoes and they give a pair of shoes, another pair of shoes away. Like there's different companies who are adding this. I would say, I don't want to call it strategy because it sounds bad, but more of like adding it to their mission statement, right? Of how can we, we can become a great company and make a great profit and leave a great legacy, but we can also doing do it by doing the right thing and helping other people along the way. That's awesome. So Ivan, tell people where they can uh, find out more about Brand With Purpose and the work that you're doing. Absolutely. It's easy. My website, ivanestrada.com. That's my my ecosystem where you'll find my book and my courses and a lot of great real estate stuff to look at. On social media, uh, you can follow me at the Ivan Estrada, uh, at Ivan Estrada Properties. 
or at the real brand with, and that's where you'll find all the information for my books and everything else that I have to offer. Awesome. Thanks for stopping by the uh, duct tape marketing podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll run into you one of these days out there on the road. Sounds good. Thank you, John. All right. So that wraps up another episode. I want to thank you so much for tuning in and you know, we love those reviews and comments and just generally tell me what you think. Also, did you know that you could offer the duct tape marketing system, our system to your clients and build a complete marketing, consulting, coaching business, or maybe level up an agency with some additional services? That's right. Check out the duct tape marketing consultant network. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that offer our system to your clients tab.